I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, episode 72 today of this program here on KSL News Radio. Uh, pretty quiet week, huh? No earthquakes this week. Yeah, boring in the news business, not much to cover. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll scrape the bottom of the barrel, find something to talk about. Uh, in just a moment, I do want to, in all seriousness, talk to you about a few of the bills that were signed uh, by Governor Gary Herbert, those bills that uh, made it through the process up on Utah's Capitol Hill of being uh, debated in committee and on the House floor and in the Senate committees and the Senate floor ultimately being sent to the governor's desk. Well, uh, there were 510 of them uh, that were passed during the 45-day general session. And so far, let's see, the governor signed about, what, 180, 190 of them so far. Uh, I want to walk through a few of those, some of those that uh, made headlines that we followed here on this program and elsewhere on these airwaves. I want to talk about that in just a second. But uh, while I have you, and while I have just a few moments I want to go back in time to about uh, 1 o'clock when there was a press conference hosted by Dr. Angela Dunn. I have been singing her praises pretty loudly, and I want to do so again right now. She uh, is the state epidemiologist uh, with the Utah Department of Health. Uh, She, of course, uh, a prominent member uh, of the governor's task force. That task force headed up by Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox aimed at combating this coronavirus. And she, uh, every day for the past number of days here and uh, looking into the future, she's going to continue this, has been hosting essentially a press briefing where she stands up uh, there at the Department of Health headquarters behind a lectern and uh, submits herself to questioning by uh, the media. They broadcast it on uh, Facebook Live, and we broadcast it here on these airwaves. Uh, And and if I'm honest, uh, what that means for me is it eats up into my airtime. That's a decision uh, that we made, uh, and it is absolutely worth it. You know, I don't mind uh, stepping aside for just a moment so that you can hear from an absolute expert when we've got uh, something so serious like this on our plate. Well, today she talked about a number of things and shared uh, some incredible data. The, The first bit of data she shared was in the percentage of positive cases which are requiring hospitalization. Here in the state of Utah, that number stands at 10%. 10% of all those who present and qualify for testing and are ultimately found to be positive carriers of the coronavirus, uh, they are only, only 10% of them are requiring hospitalization. That is really lower than most other states and regions of the world, which is, which are facing uh, this coronavirus right now. And then it was asked of Dr. Dunn, Why is that the case? Why are we here in Utah seeing uh, that good number? 
And she said uh, it has to do with two things. One of them is uh, demographics, an issue of demographics. We here in the state have a, a lower average age than so many other states across the nation. We're relatively young, okay, and there are a lot of young people here. And for that reason, we uh, do not find ourselves in, in, in large numbers uh, to be made up of the, the higher risk pools, those folks over uh, 60 years of age. Uh, we also, and this is again from Dr. Angela Dunn, the state epidemiologist, while explaining why we here in Utah are observing such a low percentage of positive cases requiring hospitalization. She said, it is because we are exercising excellent social distancing. Now, I mentioned a moment ago that they broadcast the press conference uh, uh, on Facebook, you know, the Facebook Live option. Well, that has the ability to uh, see comments. You know how Facebook comments work. I don't need to explain that to you. Uh, but as I was listening to uh, our airwaves this afternoon broadcast uh, what Dr. Dunn had to say, I was also keeping an eye on the comments being made by the, the folks on Facebook, and it was a little disheartening. Because, you know, your average Facebook user is probably not educated to the level of Dr. Angela Dunn, state epidemiologist. I'm not sure, uh, of all the Facebook users, what percentage of those are made up of epidemiologists. I, I, I bet it's a small, I bet it's a fraction of a small percentage. It's just a guess, though. I'm not an expert. You tell me if I'm wrong. And yet, it was comment after comment uh, condemning the State Department of Health condemning the coronavirus task force, condemning the governor for not declaring uh, some sort of stay-at-home order. Now, we have guidelines, and we have guidance, and we know about social distancing. And when Utah County and when Salt Lake County, when their respective departments of health said that we ought to be doing certain things and limiting our gatherings uh, to under a certain number and that if we were to violate that, we could be subject to a misdemeanor offense, the governor stepped up and said, hey, uh, you know what, I didn't uh, talk to those folks. They didn't come to me. We really didn't have any kind of discussions about this, so I'm going to go ahead and repeal that. And what we learned that day is that uh, there is a spirit of freedom still left here in the state of Utah. Now, Summit County, they are an extreme case, okay? The, their uh, per capita infection rate is a little bit different and it's a little bit higher. And, uh, and if you believe the folks up in Summit County, it is rivaling New York City and Italy in terms of the per, per capita infection rate. Uh, they've got a, a real issue on their hands. And yesterday, uh, as you've heard reported time and again here on these airwaves, Summit County has put in place an order uh, to stay at home. And in their order... They used that same language that violations of such orders could carry with it the charge of a misdemeanor offense. We asked the governor's office what he thought about that. And through a spokesman, it was made known to us that, well, because the circumstance in Summit County is so different, that county can count on the governor's support. All right. What that tells me is unless there is extreme, extreme need, the governor... And those on his task force are of the mind that we ought to and that we are capable of adhering to the guidance and flattening the curve and obeying uh, the suggestions and recommendations and guidance and advisories to maintain our distances, okay? 
the point of what I'm telling you is I have great faith in both freedom and Utah. I have great faith that we are wise enough and we are disciplined enough and we have the capacity to limit our movements and slow the spread of this thing. And I am, like the governor, very, very slow to look at uh, police powers uh, or enforcement uh, by uh, by. Uh, the authorities, uh, to compel Utahns to stay put. It's a scary, scary notion. It's a line that you can't uncross uh, once it's been crossed. I don't think we are there yet, and I think the information presented to us by Dr. Angela Dunn in her press conference this morning supports that. And you know what? After that little rant there, I look up at the clock, and I see that I have wasted all of our time. Uh, I had intended to talk to you about some of the bills signed by the governor uh, after this past legislative session. Let me tell you one that caught my attention. It is the question of straight ticket voting. Uh, I don't have time to play in the audio, uh, but if you're a listener of this show, you know uh, that Patrice Arendt, uh, in her final term as a state representative after some two decades serving, uh, she wanted to abolish straight ticket voting here in the state of Utah. You know, I don't even have time to explain straight ticket voting. If you're curious, Google it. Uh, but it is, after her efforts and now after a signature by the governor, no longer to be a practice here in the state of Utah. No more straight ticket voting here in Utah. Uh, anyway, sorry we didn't get to more of the bills. We'll put it uh, in the to-do list and maybe get to it tomorrow or next week because uh, there's some fascinating stuff in there. Uh, in the meantime, though, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue our focus on the race for Utah's attorney general. Another candidate will be my guest next, Kevin Probasco on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.